On this episode of A State of Control, we're gonna talk about what it takes to get a project done and what does it mean to be done done? How do we move, get all the moving pieces working together and what do programmers need to be able to be successful in their role? All that and more on A State of Control. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. State of Control. A State of Control, Episode 77. Done, done. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Extron, industry leading technology backed by world class support. Welcome to A State of Control, an AV Nation podcast that highlights the control programming and automation aspects of the AV industry. My name is Steve Greenblatt. I'm your host. Thanks for joining us today. So, we're going to discuss a topic today that I think is going to be fun, a little controversial, and if nothing else, it's going to be very relatable. And that's the idea of how do you get to done? What does it take to get a project done? So with me to discuss the, this topic are some returning guests, a couple of them we haven't seen in a little bit, but they're friends of the show. And before I introduce them, I'm going to say hi to my partner here at Estate of Control. He's none other than Rich Fergosa. Welcome, Rich. How are you? Good. Mellow West Coast greetings. Good to be on the show. I am. Uh, I know that everybody's got a story about this exact topic, so I'm interested to hear everybody else's stories besides my own. I think it's going to be very relatable. Uh, next, we have uh, Dave Hatz from AVI Systems. It's been a little while since we've seen you, Dave. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Steve. Great to be back. Good to see you. And last but not least... Uh, another friend of the show and friend of mine. His name is Bernard Morgan from ICS Plus. Welcome, Bernard. Hey, thanks for having me on the show, Steve. Good to see you. Thanks for being here. So it's funny that we have to talk about what does it take to be done because that should be everybody's goal. And I don't, and, and it's something that comes up in every project and I'm sure it has never been solved by any, by anyone, but that's why we're going to talk about it today. Uh, it's always a, a controversial topic, and it's always something that, that that can be elusive. So, Rich, when we get into this, why is this always such a troubling thing? If we're all working toward the same idea of, hey, we want to get done so that everybody can get paid, everybody can be happy, and we can move on. Well, I mean, I think the first part, and, and when you get into this business, you learn very quickly that we're not providing necessarily a physical product. There, there, there's physical product that's involved. There's touch panels, there's conferencing units, there's speakers, you know, displays and everything else. But the, the process itself, the deliverable, isn't those pieces. You know, a, a television, when you build it, <laughs> you know that, that it's complete you know they're there they're, you don't get an extra part three weeks later that goes in and oh it's like oh here's here's a new power button for the unit i mean it's a physical device when we're dealing with control systems and depending on your client 
and their experience with the control system, it may be a brand new experience for them uh, or, or, or for the room. And so what you're bridging is your interpretation of the scope, your interpretation of what their wishes are, all of the conversations, and then this product appears and then they start touching buttons and it performs an action. I think it's human nature <laughs> that when you have a, an interaction between a provider and, and the end user, there's going to be questions. There's going to be things that they hadn't considered. They, and even though they said they've considered it, until they've actually driven the system, they went, oh, now I get it. We have the luxury of experience. We have the luxury because we built this of knowing what it feels like, how it sounds, how it looks, all of these things, which is bad at times because we also know the landmines that are in there. And not to say that all programmers do it, but I know that I've done it in my career. You get so caught up in your product that you sometimes gloss over the parts of your product that you didn't put as much attention, place as much attention on as the other ones. You, you've made all the best efforts, might've been on your checklist, but you also had time and money to deal with. Uh, and then invariably, that's the one thing the client finds and fixates on. It just, it never fails. So, you know, I think what, what we are always having to embrace is that you have a scope of work and really what you're calling that is the finish line for today. This is based on all the experience up to this point, how you expect the system to work and how you voiced you wanted it to work. Now we're in the practical side of things. It's in your hands now. And you're finding that, again, human nature, you know, the, the people who were using the room were using it differently than they said they were going to. Um, it, 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 it could be a variety of things. How you approach the solution was slightly different than what they voiced. And, and you may have had a miscommunication in between, or you came with an approach that was going to be functional better over the long run, but it now causes an adjustment on the user's side. You know, cause our part is also to advise and say, I know you're saying this is what you want, part of our job is also to say, you don't wanna go down that road. And so there's that flex point in between to, to, to educate them on how to best use their system. And, and the reality is, and, and we were just talking about it before we started recording, um, you know, there, there's a difference between done and done done. <laughs> and everybody has had the conversation about done and done done. Um, and, and I think that a big part of you know, where you can succeed or where you're going to have issues as a company is establishing that, yes, this, this is software. Software over time will adapt. Um, it'll evolve. And we're going to provide, and, and now it's a whole lot easier than 20 years ago. Now people are used to version updates, right? If you said version update to somebody 20 years ago, they look like they look at you like you had a third eye. They're like, well, wait a minute, I, I bought this. This should just run forever, right? Now people are, are conditioned to the fact that every six months, every year, an incremental change is gonna happen. Uh, it, you know, and it's a double-edged sword because there's also that expectation for the control system that, well, how is it going to get better? How is this feature going to come in and, and move through? So that's where we have to be a lot clearer in terms of where we are drawing the line for the system to be operational as you said you wanted it to be. 
and, and handling it delicately <laughs> and diplomatically at the same time so that, you know, we, we always have that saying, so you can get in, get out and get paid. And, and, and that's the reality is that you have to be able to draw that line, knowing full well with the, your client that you're hopefully in a partnership. And they understand that in the future as their tastes change and their experience changes, that yes, upgrades will occur and, and, and enhancements will occur for a price. <laughs> and that's the biggest one that I found that um, inexperienced companies um, really shoot themselves in the foot, that they are unwilling to say that phrase. Yes, absolutely. This system can improve. It can be more efficient. It can be anything that you've asked for a price. However, what you paid for is this. And, and that's always tough. You know, for whatever reason, there's a lot of companies who have a smaller companies who have a problem talking about money. And you can't be in this business and, and be afraid about talking about money. And so I think that's, that's really the, the, the root itself. When, where is done and where is done done? When the money that you were paid for that contract runs out. At that point, you're not there to be operating in a not-for-profit status. Absolutely. The, and, and I do want to clarify, too, we, we all are in business to satisfy clients. So we're all in the business to make sure that there's satisfaction and that we are getting a, a repeat business or building a relationship. It's rare that we're just looking to complete a project and, and then leave and, and never be heard from again. But as you said, it, 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 businesses have to exist to make a profit. Uh, so, so Dave, I, when, when Rich talks about um, the scope and the functionality, I think that that must get a little bit more challenging when you're looking at programming and integration together versus if you're just trying to pull programming apart. Tell me a little bit about how you would manage something like that because there's certainly a little bit more give and take when you're looking at being delivering a, a complete package versus just looking at the programming portion. Right. No, absolutely. And, you know, I think the biggest piece that I've learned over my career is the more you plan up front, you know, Rich mentioned it as, you know, you get through the process and then the customer, the end user realizes what they bought. They start, the light bulb starts to go on. The sooner in the project that can occur, the better off you are at the end of the project. And so in an integration project, in many ways, it gives the opportunity, if we choose to, to accept it, it gives us the opportunity to start the discussion about how is the, pro the system actually going to function? How do you want, to, Mr. End User, Mrs. End User, how do you want to interact with the technology? Or more importantly, forget the technology. What business objective are you trying to solve by hiring us? Most of our end users aren't buying technology because they're excited by it. They have business needs. They want to conduct their weekly you know, sales team meeting, their monthly business review, their quarterly earnings calls. They're using the technology to enable their business to be more efficient and more effective. So as an integrator, one of the things we start out with is trying to understand what are their motivations? What are the personas of the people who are going to use the technology? Because that's going to then frame 
how we as the programmers should approach meeting their expectations. So that can occur as from an integrator's perspective, that can occur often at the same time that we're talking about the hardware design. You know, we try, you know, we, we, when we hear the, the you know, the initial sales discussion undercovers some of this. And then, you know, it comes into an engineer, comes into a programmer. We jump to the conclusion of, we know how to hook the wires up. We know how to make that system functional the way we've done it before. But taking a, a moment to pause and understand what are the expectations of your end user? Are they expecting the same thing you've delivered 20 times, 200 times over? Or do they have a unique need? Because by identifying those things early in the project, it lets you work towards that goal. And as you go, you can determine what steps along the way can you use to ensure that they are on the same page with your vision. Your vision is on the same page with their vision. You know, it gets into the, the touch panel mockups is, you know, the basic form we've used for 20 years now, printing out how the, the touch screen in a room will work. You know, I'm a big proponent of, at a minimum, adding a commentary to that, sort of a day in the life of. A user walks into the room, they're going to walk up and this is what they see. They're going to then touch this button and wait 15 seconds for the system to turn on. While it does that, the projector lift is going to lower, the screen is going to lower, the audio is going to turn on and be defaulted to the laptop at the podium. You know, descriptions like that that are functional descriptions, not technical mumble jumble. That's great from a, you know, for, for a user who gets it. But the reality is that's still daunting to a lot of our end users. So, you know, the way, the way I look at it is, you know, back to the question of, you know, from an integrator perspective, there needs to be some, some iteration typically in the control design if you're going to go through an approach of asking for approval, asking for review. So I try, I'm a proponent of doing that while your engineers are finalizing the hardware design, because if you don't plan time for it, it can slow your project down. It can become one of those things of why aren't we ready when, you know, the, the initial schedule said we would be. Well, did you plan the time in your initial schedule for the review? If you do, if you can get the customer to sign off and say, yes, I agree with this vision. It makes it 10 times, 100 times easier later on. Because if you get night to the 90% mark now, and the customer starts asking, well, what about the yeah, buts? Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. You then, you know, to your point about customer service, Steve, you have the choice now. You can choose to help them out and be a good steward and deliver more than was expected. But I certainly recommend you make sure they know you're giving them something for free. Or you can lean back, as Rich said, you can lean back and say, that's a great idea. Here are the resources it's going to take to execute that idea. Whether it's time, whether it's more money for labor, whether it's more equipment. Those things are all on the table. And often as programmers, I know we get a little, at least my experience is, you know, I don't want to say no. But I'm also not in a position typically where I'm the one who should make the decision of either should we do it or if we should, is it for free or is it going to cost? So one of the things I coach our team to do is if you get in that situation, hear the customer out, 
engage in a dialogue with them of what are they thinking, understand their vision, and then tell them that that's great. Let me go back to the project team, whether it's the project manager, to your supervisor, to the engineer, whoever it is, let me go back to the team and let me, at, let me review it with them and we'll come back to you and let you know, is it feasible? And if so, what's it going to take? And just sort of leave it at that. Don't say it's going to cost or it's not going to cost. Hear them out, provide the good customer service, but don't set a false expectation either because those things all set you up for, again, at the beginning of the project, you said what you're going to do. And throughout the project, your goal is to deliver what you said you would do. And the, the better you can define it and, and articulate it up front, the more successful you're going to be at the back end of meeting those goals. And to your point, done with a capital D, get out, done. There's so much there that we could play off of. Thank you. The, uh, Bernard, I'll, I'll, I'll pick one of them. And I think I was going to mention about the, the fact that programmers naturally want to please and they get excited about what they do. So how do you rein that in for doing what you want to be able to wow the client and because it's, it's cool and exciting versus this is what we signed up for or somewhere in the middle? So I think there's multiple piece. Uh, there's, there's multiple pieces to unpack here, and I think the first thing is, you know, my, both my parents are educators, and they say, in order for somebody to understand something, you have to repeat it three times, right? And to go with what Dave said, you need to set communicate those expectations, not when the racks are being built, but during the engineering process, during the sales, not with the sales process. Once that order comes in. What are their expectations? What did we sell them and what are they expecting? And then that conversation comes back again doing the fabrication of the equipment, confirming the design and confirming that, hey, this is the functionality they want. And then at the end of the project, not the end end as we call it or done done, but when you're getting ready to commission the system, are we still all on the same page? And I think the, the thing that comes into and I think comes into account is something rich hit on very early is what is the, the end user the person who is using this space is this their first control system or do they have multiple ones and then if they've had multiple control systems what has been their experience because i'll ask everybody on the call how many times have you heard this is just like fill in the blank can't you just load the same program as and then that opens up the interpretation and we don't know what their other conference room was so there's two two sides here if this is something that the customer has for the very first time there's a huge vocabulary barrier we have to break through to understand what they are communicating what business needs we're trying to solve and are we delivering what they really need because i think there's a huge vocabulary difference there that the, the words we use a lot of nor you know in our industry we think it's normal you know jargon that we use but that has no idea the end user has no idea what that means so then we get to a point where the programmers are typically the last people who turn the lights off trying to make sure that they deliver what this customer thinks and all along yeah i've heard them mention this word three times but i have no idea what it means and then ho and behold ho that's something completely different so then the programmer stuck on this situation where do I give this to them so we can finish the job? Or wow, I got to redo all this. And it's not, is it 10 hours of work or 10 minutes of work? 
it could be 10 minutes work, but if he does that 10 minutes of work, that may open Pandora's box to not get the job completed because the person you're talking to isn't the final decision maker. So now, hey, this guy was just kind of watching you and making sure you can get into the room. He was here just to kind of make sure you can get into the room. He's the final decision maker. He told you to add this button. You added this button, but now the person who's actually signing off on the room hates this button. So I think knowing the vocabulary, knowing who's who's involved and what level they are involved with so we can have these communications ahead of time who's signing off the project who's going to go what we say kick the tires have we had the conversation of okay we've delivered this system and how long do you need to play you know kick the tires before you are good with the system and establishing that up front we don't need to establish that once the pm has booked a hey we're going to deploy the job now that conversation needs to be had, just like what Dave said, when we're talking about the design of the system. Because if we know this up front, then the done-done conversation is a lot easier to have because now we've defined this is when we're putting the system in. This is the time that this control system and the system will be up, and here's the amount of time, Mr. Customer, you have to work with the system before you give us a punch list. If that stuff isn't defined up front… You no way we can determine done because now we have a sliding scale, and it's harder to hit a moving target. And I think what Rich and Dave said are the pillars that need to have this conversation well upstream and before the programmer goes to deploy the code for the first time. And if we're talking about this after the UI submittals about the process of signing off the project, I think the UI submittals are great. I think we got to have them, but I think what's also important with the UI submittals is a deployment strategy and what that looks like. And I think so many times we get the UI submittals, but does it accomplish, does it contain what are the steps we're using to deploy this job and what are the checkpoints for the customer? And oh, is the person that is in, that's going to be supervising the installation portion of this the same person that needs to be signing off on the control system functionality? Because typically, that is not the same, especially if there's video conferencing involved, right? Because now we have a room that does presentation, video conferencing, and now we've got two different, you know, areas of the business chiming in on this. And if we and you know those two have different use cases, and we didn't establish that up front, you have a ping pong effect going back and forth. And I think back to Dave and Rich, communication up front. And establishing that early on in the process will help prevent the done or done-done at the ninth hour of the project. Rich, I'll, I'll bring you in on this because I, I want you to impart a little Uncle Richie wisdom. What happens when there's things that are out of your control, like the, the idea of I can do I, – I am done, but I can't be done until other people are done. And and that that is also a, uh, a, a a moving target that I think we we fight with quite often. What what are some techniques or or best practices or or advice that you could provide somebody? You know, it's it's interesting, right? As as Dave and and, and Bernard were talking about this, it it really brought me to kind of an important analogy that that I, I try to impress upon. Um, other companies and other individuals in this business is that it's 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 a bit of the sports analogy or the, the athletic analogy, which is you know, talent is one thing, right? You you can be talented, you can have innate talent, 
But what sets the difference between a good athlete and a great athlete is how they deal with the fundamentals, right? That they've got the fundamentals down. And as a you know, control systems programmer and your, and your business and the difference between success and failure is how you deal with those fundamentals. And, and that, what Dave and Bernard just handed out, that's a masterclass in how to be in this business. Seriously. It, it just, if nothing else, rewind the episode and listen very carefully to what both of them just said. Because this is the equivalent, again, it's, you know, sometimes you you need analogies to make a difference, you know, when you throw a punch, you know, you set, you plant your feet, you know, and you move through and you strike through. And again, anybody can hit hard, you know, anybody can hit, but it's how you hit and how you can continue and consistently do it. You know, or if you're playing baseball, you learn to set your feet, drop your hands, keep your hands up, you know, all of these little things in control systems programming, when you're dealing with a client, the first thing you do is practice the fundamentals you drill the fundamentals you and i don't care if you're a rookie in this business or you've been doing it like we have for 30 years where we've all gotten in trouble is when we've gotten away from the fundamentals right because again you meet you you meet these people over the course of your career and you've delivered it you've dealt with all the decision makers Everybody has a very clear idea that comes in. New CTO comes in during the middle of the project. New CFO comes in during the middle of the project. New uh, technology liaison comes in through, you know, assistant to the CEO walks into the room as you're commissioning. And all of a sudden you get the, oh, wow, this is nice. How about dot, dot, dot. Talent says, I can do it. Right? Because you got talented programmers. They're all going to say, I can do it. It's not, a me- it's not a matter of if I can do it. The fundamentals takes you back to what Dave and Bernard were just saying. That's a great idea. However, that wasn't in our scope. But I really appreciate this information that you're giving us because I think it could make the system better and we'd like to deliver it. I need to talk to the team and make sure that we're all on the same page. I'm gonna take this information, I'll include you in on this if you wanna provide some more, and then we're gonna see what we can do with that. Right now though, I've got a deadline of tomorrow to hand this over to everybody. So, you know, I can't make any promises, but we're definitely gonna look into it for you. Fundamentals, and like you were saying, Steve, you know, again, how do you keep scope creep out of the way? you diplomatically and in partnership remind all of the individuals involved that you know we we are not ready fire aim (laughs) you know i've said it many times we are not ready fire aim we have a plan we're going to go back to the fundamentals and make sure and that's the hardest part because during the course of a project with deadlines all these different voices You don't even know, like with your programmer, you might have a new programmer who wants to prove himself or herself, right? There are so many different parts that are going on. Somebody does this day in, day out as to somebody who's new, who really wants to make an impression and show that they're a team player can cause more problems that they create. But they're not going to know that 
unless you've drilled the fundamentals with them in the beginning. And, you know, and that, that, that's the biggest thing is, you know, if, if we are not too good at what we do to ever forget the fundamentals, that, that's probably the biggest kernel of advice I could provide. And again, like I said, rewind, you know, <laughs> one, one B to one A, listen to Dave and Bernard, period. You know, Rich, you hit on an awesome point there in that the programmers often want to flex their, that they want to show that, yes, I can, to your point, you can do that. But one thing I preach to my team is you're always going to be the last one in turning the lights off and there's always going to be pressure to why aren't you done? Help yourself out by doing exactly what Rich just said. Help yourself out by not just saying yes. If you say yes, you have committed that you are going to complete that. And at times that means you've committed that you're just going to give the way the profit on the project is what you've really done. But when you say yes, without any qualifications, you just say, yes, I am going to make that change. I am going to do that. I'm going to implement that new idea. You own the successful completion of not just your original scope, but you own that new addition, that new feature, that new idea. So I caution my team to be careful. And again, it's counterintuitive a little to think about it that way, but be careful what you agree to, because if you agree to it, you've agreed to own it. You can't walk away from it once you say, yep. So position yourself that it's a decision that needs to be made by the team or by your superiors or by your project manager or by the end user, the, the, the representative who is signing off on the contract for you, involve those individuals in the decision because that is what's going to help you not be overwhelmed as the programmer. Because again, we, you know, we all want to get, you know, we all know those, I've got 80 hours of work and three days to get it done. Well, the best way to protect against that is to plan, you know, as Rich said and Bernard said, to get that plan and that discussion out early but then don't accept more scope yourself. Don't just say, yes, I can do it. Because when you say I can do it, you mean that it's possible. When a customer hears I can do it, they heard that they just got it for free. And back to the fundamentals, once you learn that and learn how to effectively navigate it, it's little nuances but it really will pay dividends to you in helping not get overwhelmed with that extra work in not enough time. It won't solve it. I'll be honest, it won't solve it, but it's a piece to solving it. And I think, I think one thing to, to add to that though, is that from a customer, customer satisfaction standpoint, by saying no, you may have given the best customer service by far, by saying no, because if so many times the programmers doesn't don't know all the details of the job and the inner workings of the job, so by saying no, you could have protected that end user from theirself. Yep. Well, and, and it's not that you're saying no. Exactly. I actually try really hard never to say no. I just say we need to consider it further. We need to take more steps before we can determine what it takes. So you're not even saying no. I mean, in concept you are, but you're not actually saying no. You're saying, let's have a dialogue. 
let's flush this out and make sure that all of the stakeholders are involved in the discussion and then the decision. So just like all projects, I don't think that we're going to find this project, th this argument to be done, done. <laughs> I think that's a good way to wrap for today, but I, I would like to continue this conversation and I sense that we will be scheduling a follow-up. Uh, for now, though, let me thank the guests that we've had today. First, I'll start with uh, Dave Hatch from AVI Systems. Thank you for a great conversation. Good to see you again. And, and how can people get in touch with you and learn more about AVI Systems? Tell there's passion amongst everyone on this call that we, we, we hardly all scratched the this. surface. So, so I appreciate the time. Um, best way to get me, um, LinkedIn probably is the best one. Um, Dave Hats on LinkedIn, um, at Dave Hats AVI on Twitters. Um, don't hang there quite as much now, but, uh, um, and certainly check out avisystems.com. Um, we've got a lot of, a lot of things changing and, and evolving there on our website. So check it out for, you know, everything that we can do um, is really the best way to reach me. Thanks. Uh, next, uh, Bernard Morgan from ICS Plus. Thanks for the great conversation. Uh, how can people get in touch with you and learn more about ICS Plus? I think the best place to start is probably our website, icspluson.com. And thanks for having us. Absolutely. And last but not least, Rich, uh, for those that don't know, how can people get in touch with you and also learn more about what Forgoza Design is up to? Well, first, I want to say uh, about this episode that if if you have ever had an incident where you have screamed at a project member saying the words, what were you thinking <laughs> when dealing with this exact problem? Rewind, listen carefully to what Dave and Bernard said. They gave you the blueprint on how to deal with this. This was a masterclass on how to navigate projects and we just scratched the surface. Um, I had to say that because again, this is, we've all been through it and I know anybody who's watching this episode or is watching any of our episodes has been in this exact situation. Listen, pay attention carefully to what these gentlemen said, because they will help you make money if you just follow what just happened in the past 30 minutes. If you want to get information from me, uh, you can find me on Twitter at rfragosa, uh, fragosadesign.com. As I always say, most importantly, though, I would appreciate if you found me here at avnation.tv on our suite of shows, obviously with my good friend Steve, the host with the most. Um, we also have Resi Week, AV Week, and a slew of other shows. Um, and if you can support us and support our sponsors, that's the best way that you can uh, help a brother out. Absolutely. Rich said it all, and I concur. And I think that this has uh, been a great great conversation. And, and it's always good when we could walk away with something that we've learned. So uh, as Rich said, you know, visit, visit AV Nation. TV. And also, if you could reach out to, to Rich or, and me and just let us know what you like and what you want to hear more of. And, and even if you're interested in being on the show, you can connect with us on social platforms or uh, through various other channels, the AV, AV Nation website and so forth. Uh, for me, you could reach me on social media at Steve Greenblatt or my co company Control Concepts at controlconcepts.net. Uh, that's what we have for today, and we look forward to speaking with you soon. This has been A State of Control.